0: Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to RM Podcast FL. This is your favorite podcaster, Romina. Hope everybody's having an awesome day so far. Two more weeks, you guys, and then we have a whole new year. And if you're going to make some goals of new year, new me kind of stuff, just stop it right there and then. It's not a new you. It's the same you. It's just an improved version of you. So definitely, definitely make smart goals when you look at new year resolution. Don't just say, New year, new me. That's like the one thing that I hate when people say. I'm just very, being very honest, you guys. And as you know from, from me so far, I'm very upfront and very vocal about my opinions. <laughs> but before we do get started to today's episode, I just want to thank you guys for tuning in from wherever you're at right now. We, are, we have downloads for over 33 countries. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. I mean, there's countries that they don't even speak English, or English is not their primary language, and I think it's pretty awesome. You're tuning in to my podcast, so thank you. And if you want to take a moment and give us a five-star and a short review on Apple Podcasts, we would appreciate it a million times. Also, don't forget, you guys, go ahead and put in your Twitter username or your Instagram. So this way, I can get a hold of you since we are doing a monthly withdrawal uh, for the uh, for the reviews that we have in there. And so far for December, we haven't had a winner yet. I mean, it's kind of like half of the month too. So, but before we do start to the episode. Uh, I don't know if you guys had the chance to check out last week's episode, episode number 41. I mean, I cannot even believe it's 41 episodes. The Wow Factor Place um, is with Deb Bolkis. She has a great book out there, you guys, which actually launched a week ago. Um, her book conducts interviews of professionals of different careers. Sounds familiar. <laughs> And she conducts interviews with professionals, with leaders that actually work in an environment that the employees have a long-term gravity. So you find employees where they've been there for years, not because they're stuck there, but because they love working in the company. There's an upward mobility. There is willingness to help, willingness to learn more. So definitely go ahead and check out that episode as well as read her book. If you guys do want to get a hold of her book, it's on the description, so don't feel more than free to go ahead and do so but today's episode it's actually with an other awesome person Um, his name is Tyler Christensen and I got a chance to connect with Tyler a while back you guys if you go to his website tylerchristensen.com the very first picture that is going to come up is going to be an awesome picture transformation of him he has a book coming out soon unlocking the power of transformation when he talks about the mindset change the body change and everything with his weight loss journey how everything got started is that his wife had to actually sit him down and tell him
1: Tyler we need to talk
0: I mean I don't know about you guys but if my significant other told me to sit down because we need to talk I would have a mini heart attack <laughs> but all this conversation all this critical conversation that Tyler's wife and Tyler actually had together it brought up great results because he lost over a hundred pounds you guys that's what he talks about in his book also his other book get free stuff it's just a great guy of how to get free stuff online if you actually just do reviews tyler was a professor now he is a teacher for a fifth grade te- uh, prof- a fifth grade teacher so he actually uses this free paradox to motivate his students um, i'm very excited for you guys to actually jump in and listen to this episode tyler is a teacher he's a professional writer he is a speaker. He's a motivational speaker. I loved his interview, so I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. And again, if you want to check out his stuff, go ahead and do so on the details below as well as TylerChristensen.com. But without losing any time, let's dive right in. Hope you guys enjoy it. Perfect. So thank you so much, guys, for tuning in and investing your time towards RM Podcast FL. So just like I mentioned on the bio, today's guest speaker is Tyler Christensen. Hi, how are you today?
1: Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks. How are you doing?
0: I am good. And it's kind of funny, today's Tuesday, and we're actually doing this interview on Tuesday, too. So happy Tuesday to all my listeners for the new episode. (laughs) Um, So Tyler, I'll pass on the mic to you. I'm really excited about this because I did some research for you online and I found some really great stuff. So I feel like it's going to be a lot for the audience too. But I'll pass on the mic if you want to tell us a little bit about Young Utah today. Walk us through your life.
1: Okay, sure. So um, I guess first and foremost, I'm a husband and a father. I have four kids of my own. And then I have 27 other kids that I teach fifth grade to during the day. Uh, And so that's my day job. And then I have lots of other jobs. Um, I'm a sports writer, I'm a web designer, uh, I do product reviews, uh, and there's probably some other stuff in there too. I'm a, an author, a speaker, so I keep busy.
0: Yeah, so you're definitely not bored.
1: No, not bored at all.
0: Do you ever, do you ever run into that moment though that you like, have a moment to like relax and you're like, I feel like I forgot something, but you actually legitly have free time. You just freak out for no reason.
1: Yeah, you know, even though I'm busy with stuff, I still binge Netflix and I listen to podcasts and stuff, but I usually am multitasking that. So I'll do that while I'm running or I'll, I'll ride a bike while I'm watching TV with my kids. And so, you know, I, I find a time to relax, but um, I'm a little scattered, not too bad. <laughs> stuff.
0: So I wanted to go back a little bit. You said you're also into web designing. You did share a story with me of how you put in some grind work uh, towards just getting uh, getting connected with very important people or very, you know, high celebrities towards helping them out with their design. Can, do you mind sharing that story with the audience?
1: Sure. Yeah. So I actually, I don't do a ton of web design work anymore. And part of it's just because I'm busy with other things, but back, oh gee, a long time ago now, 15 years or so when I was an undergrad, I learned how to do some basic coding and was just tinkering around with web design and from those early days, I mean, this is early internet. Um, I started building just really basic sites for myself and then family and friends would ask for help with sites for them. And so I did that off and on for quite a few years. And then, um, as a professor, I would have a lot of extra time during the summers. And so during my summertime, I decided, well, maybe I should scale up my web design. And so, six or seven years ago, probably, maybe not quite that long, about five years ago, um, I was trying to scale up my web design. And rather than just do mom and pop shops, like I had been doing, I thought one way I could grow my brand is to get some recognizable clients, right? And so I made a list. It it sounds silly to to talk about it now, but I just made a list of all my favorite people in the world, like actors and athletes and musicians, and then I went and looked to see if they had websites or not. And if they didn't, uh, I would make a note of it and then I'd try to cyberstalk them. And this was back like in the early days of Facebook and stuff and, and so I was trying to find them in social. Um, I think I had a Twitter account back then so it would have been right at the beginning of Twitter but I, I tried to find people using social media and with actors I'd look at their IMDB and see if there were contact information there And so I just made this like little spreadsheet of my favorite people and if I could find contact information. And then I did this all like in one day. I I made this list and then I drafted an email that says, hey, I'm uh, a professor and um, I'm looking to grow some web design business over the summer. And I'd love to do, you're one of my favorite people in the world and I'd love to build you a site for free um, just because it'll help me build my grant build my brand, let me know if you're interested. So I sent it off to the people and then I looked at my analytics online to see if anyone was pinging my website, checking out my work and stuff. And I got a few, like there was a, a gal from uh, the the show, Once Upon a Time, this uh, was a new show at the time and the lead person, I knew what city she lived in. So either her or her agent or someone was looking at my website and I got all excited and then nothing happened. And so then I forgot about it. And then several months passed and then I got a message in Facebook. And you know in Facebook how it kind of has that, um, that hidden messages. So if you send a message to someone you're not connected to, then it goes into this weird inbox. and
0: Brock it, can, yeah. It doesn't go directly
1: to So this person had found that and was responding. And his name's uh, Sage Brocklebank. And he was on a show called Psych. And I love this show Psych. Uh, about a psychic detective. And Sage wasn't one of the main characters. Um, He had a regular role, but he's the chief detective, Buzz McNabb. And so if you're familiar with the show, you know who he is, because he was on most of the episodes. And I love this guy. He was the comedic relief um, at the police station. And he emailed back or messaged back in Facebook and said, hey, my mom was a teacher uh, for a lot of years, and I've always wanted a website. Sure, let's do it. And so... (laughs) I did. I built him a website. And we actually became really close friends. Like he's one of my dearest friends today. Oh, wow. He just Skyped back and forth all the time. And he he would call my kids on their birthdays and sing happy birthday to them, And just the greatest guy, just a really genuine, awesome guy. And he referred me to some of his friends. So then I, I did some work for some other celebrities and models. And that's kind of how it started for me. So I, I got a few celebrity clients, and then I, I uh, stumbled into a professional basketball player that I work with now, Kyle Collinsworth, and it's just, it's been fun, but I realized in doing all the web design stuff that I loved the design part. I didn't like getting new clients. I didn't like billing. I didn't like all the business around web design, and so I, I've kind of worked my way out of that. It's fun, and I still have clients, um, but I'm not taking on new ones.
0: That is awesome. So you just builded a draft. You just had an idea, literally wrote it down and then yeah. did some notes. That's amazing. So that right there, I feel like it shows persistency on your end because I know what it feels like to check if like something somebody has seen your you know your email. Like with a podcast or with a website, right. I go like to analysis and I'm like analytics. I'm like, is this country? Who do I know from there? It must be this <laughs> person. Like at first, especially when I remember we're like 10, 15 you know, subscribers, and I was like, who do I know from Malta, and I was like, nobody, and I'm like, mom, do we have family in Malta, like, I'm trying to, like, pin it, so it's really exciting at first, but that is amazing, that is really cool. Yeah,
1: well, and you know, the cool thing is, it's not like I worked really hard for a real long period of time, I had an idea, and I acted on it, I, I did all that research in one day, I sent all the messages out in one day, and I didn't expect a huge response rate, uh, and I didn't get one. I got one person to say yes, you know, but from there, then it was word of mouth and, and it grew from there. And so it's just taking action and taking a chance on something.
0: That is so true, though, because it was just an idea that you put it to action and it happened what it happened. Now you have having new best friend and you also have clients.
1: We yep, have. It's been really that cool. It.
0: That's awesome. That's a story to definitely tell. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, so listeners cannot really see this. But if they go to your website, the first thing that pops up, number one, I definitely want to read your book, Unlocking the Power of Our Transformation, which is coming out later this year. So mm-hmm. I definitely want to read that one and I want you to tell us a little bit more. But sure. uh, tell us the behind of the books. I'm going to let you break it to them.
1: Sure. Well, since they can't see me, I, I can give a, a visual and I'll give a visual from a couple years ago. Um, I got home from work one day and my wife pulled me aside and she said, Tyler, we need to talk. And it kind of freaked me out because you don't just say, hey, we need to talk. Let's <laughs> talk <laughs> That's the kids sad. away. We need to you talk. Know? You're
0: like, okay.
1: Yeah. So in my, in my brain, I went through all the worst case scenarios, who died, what's happening. And we got the kids squared away and put to bed and shut the door. And she said, Tyler, I'm afraid that if you don't change something in your life, you're going to die. And I, I was confused. I, honestly, I had no idea what she was talking about. But she had been thinking about other friends that we have that were unhealthy. And what had happened is my life, I, I wasn't incredibly unhealthy. I worked out and I did things. I tried to eat healthy. But over the last 20 years, every year, for, a, I gained five, maybe 10 pounds. And it it added up, and before I knew it, my wife's telling me, you're gonna die. I didn't realize it at the time, but I was morbidly obese, which means you're gonna die, you know? And so, we talked about my weight, and we put together a plan to lose weight, and I tried it out, and I worked hard, and honestly, for the first few months, I tried a bunch of things out, and I actually gained weight. It was horrible, because I've been trying to do all these things, recommitting to my wife, I'm gonna live a healthy life, I wanna be there for my kids, and it didn't work. And then the new year started. And this was the beginning of 2018. The new year started and I tried to put things in place, but work was really busy and I was kind of stressed and health was still kind of being put on the back burner. And in early 2018, I got up to 306 pounds, which I mean, I'm a pretty wide guy. I'm, so my normal size is decent size, but 306 was huge. And so I was- So how totally tall are you? I'm six feet. So, okay, so you're
0: also tall the same time.
1: Yeah, not real tall, but tall enough that I, I can. Well, wear
0: I'm 5'3. I'm just trying to see, like, right. three. Um, yes, so six foot tall, 306.
1: Right. So, anyhow, that's where it started. And what happened is I, I'm a teaching fifth grade right now. And this is new for me. I was a professor for 10 years and we moved across country and kind of changed a lot of things in, in our home. Um, I have a daughter with health problems and we needed to be in a dryer area and and so we'd gone through things that honestly was stressful and I'm sure that contributed to my weight gain Um, but I committed to my wife we're going to make changes and and what I said is the first day of summer vacation in 2018 I'm putting health number one I'm just going to make that a priority and so I went out on that first day and I went running and I've run all my life I've done several marathons but I went running that first day of summer, 2018, and I couldn't even do a mile. I couldn't even get through a whole mile. I, I got about halfway and I had a walk. And when you're 300 plus pounds, you know, you're sweating like crazy and you can't bend over and you're real uncomfortable. And that's where I was. So that started my journey. Um, the fast forward to today, um, I kept running. And I, I um, just a few weeks ago, I ran a double marathon, 52.4 miles. Um, which was insane. It was a race that went all night long. So I started at 7 p.m., ran through the night into the next morning. And it was one of those races where you could keep running. Somebody did 100 miles on it. But I hit that 52.4, exactly two marathons. And I'm like, I'm done. (laughs) I'm done. Come pick me up. They had a golf cart following me. I'm like, okay, I did my goal. um, But I'd lost over 100 pounds. I lost almost 15% body fat. And now I'm running ultra marathons and and doing kind of some extreme things, and life is a lot better when you're in shape and and in control of your health. so it's been a good year.
0: that's awesome. it's kind of like David Goggins. I don't know if you get if you've read the book Can heard me because you I start haven't read that you should definitely read it. That's a big reason why the podcast exists today, my podcast because of that book. So he was actually talking just kind of like the same journey where he was very like, he was very overweight and mm-hmm. he wanted to join the military. So he just put himself into like, I have to lose weight. So he got into shape and he is really into marathon. So whenever you talk the overnight marathon, mm-hmm. that's the guy that would literally be in over <laughs> overnight marathon.
1: Right.
0: Definitely yeah. should read it, the book. It's really awesome. But um, tell me how your life personally has changed though, since you lost the weight, because you have a lot more energy. Like you're, Like, tell me, like, what are the biggest changes you can see from summer, first day of summer 2018 to today?
1: Well, you know, honestly, there were a lot of things that I was worried about. I thought, you know, exercising a lot is going to take a lot of my time and eating healthy food is going to cost a lot more money. And it's going to, you know, these things are going to take me away from my kids and my work and things like that. And none of those have come to fruition. I, I have more time now. I have more energy to do things. My focus is better. So not only in 2018 did I lose a hundred pounds, but I wrote and published two books. I refinished my basement, landscaped my yard. I, you know, I, I'm a sports writer and I was able to produce a lot of content for my blog and for newspapers. It, It was just an amazing year for me. And it's because I was in better shape because I had more energy. I was sleeping better at night. You know, the snoring went away and some of those things that Obese people deal with a lot of those health things went away, and not everything. I I have a rare foot condition where even today, when I go running, every time I'm running, I'm feeling needles shoot up through my feet, and it just I there's nothing I can do about it, and so I don't have perfect health, and there might not be a solution to my medical condition, but I've learned to run in pain, and I've learned that I feel good when I'm done because I'm healthier, and so it's worth it, and so I'm just more productive, more focused now, and. I, I've, I have more quality time with my kids where now instead of just watching Netflix together, like I mentioned earlier, I'll be riding the bicycle while we're watching Netflix. And we're, we're spending more time, active time as a family. Not that we weren't active before. My kids are, have always been active. But now I can play with them and I can wrestle with them and we can go on hikes together, you know, stuff like that. So it's been great.
0: So I have to ask your, your wife, is she happier now?
1: Oh, of course, yes. Well, and it's been amazing too, because as as things have improved for me, she was already in great shape, but we're both living a healthier lifestyle. And because I'm more productive with certain things, we have more time together. We go on more dates and, and spend more time together. We go walking every evening together. We take the dog out into the country. And over the summer, we would do that every morning and every evening. So we have a lot more time together, which has been wonderful. But she's also, she started blogging and doing some of the things too that uh, on the side and she um, this last summer decided that she wanted to try to build her own furniture and she did and she made thousands of dollars selling it. Like it got really popular and it's been amazing. So it's been really fun. That's
0: awesome.
1: Yeah. Like you guys,
0: like to my listeners, you guys cannot see this, but like your face right now, it just looks so happy and like (laughs) such a great energy. Like I love this. That's well, awesome. I, I
1: have to show you because I'm sitting in my basement. And the kids are upstairs eating right now. Uh-huh. But this picture behind me is one of my wife's pieces. So she um, nice. took the photos and we're in a room where <laughs> I can't show you everything, but we like built a little this, nook room. There. this is a basement that we built and she built this re- little reading nook that I'm on. We have a lot of fun working together.
0: That is awesome. So this, this way, it's kind of like, uh, it's like a honeymoon all over, I feel like.
1: It, you know, it has felt that way in many ways. In fact, last year we celebrated our 15 year wedding anniversary and I turned 40. And to celebrate both those things, we went on our, our first cruise. And while we were on our cruise, everyone told us, you know, you're going to gain a ton of weight and this is bad that you're trying to lose weight. I lost weight on the cruise and it. we had so much fun. We just did the Mexican Riviera. And we were, you know, out paddleboarding and and scuba diving and doing the fun, active things on the cruise. And it was totally like a honeymoon. It was amazing.
0: Yeah, I mean, 40s is in your 20s, technically, right? <laughs> right. So you're in your 20s. You just have four kids.
1: <laughs> right. That's exactly now, where we're at.
0: <laughs> now, let's focus a little bit on the other 25 kids that we have. We have nine to five <laughs> uh-huh. through the morning time. Um, so you were a middle, you were you worked in a university, you're a professor. Uh Uh, Now you are um, a teacher in the elementary school and you've been in the education system for about 15 years. That's right. How has education changed within the last 15 years? I'm not American, so I don't know how it was 15 years ago, but I can relate to 10 years ago. But can you tell us like major differences?
1: Sure, I can. And actually, when you think about change, our world has changed so much in the last 15, 20 years that you would expect everything has changed. And sadly, there are a lot of things in the American education system that haven't changed. A lot of the curriculum is the same, taught in the same traditional boring way. It's still very lecture driven. And there are are a lot of things that I wish would change more in the education world. Um, But I can say that the students, have changed because of their home environment right and so they it's harder to keep their attention it's harder to keep them off their own devices you know if you have your devices in the classroom if you're working on chromebooks or ipads they're excited but the engagement there maybe isn't what we want it to be as educators and so it's been a real balancing act on how do we work with you know, 21st century learning and and use the technology and the supports available to us, and how much do we stick with that old school model of let's just talk, let's go through things, let's memorize dates and facts. And unfortunately, a lot there are a lot of constraints put on teachers, and I didn't realize this as a professor, I had much more autonomy, I could teach the way I wanted to teach, I could create my own curriculum and teach it in the way I wanted. As an elementary school teacher, there's a lot more constraints because you have to have unified curriculum so that one fifth grade teacher is teaching the same way as the other fifth grade teachers. And it has to be curriculum that's gone through the school board and stuff like that. And so it's more difficult to teach in the way you want to teach and what you want to teach in the elementary and secondary levels. Now that said, the students that we have are amazing today because we live in this world where you can go and you can create and you can be an inventor. You can be like my daughter last year. She was 10 years old and she published her first book. You know, she wrote this fiction book, Battle School. And we live in a world where a 10 year old can do that, where you can get on Amazon and you can put it up in the marketplace and you can do these incredible things. And my students are amazing. They're doing stuff like that all the time. I have in my class, I'm big on reading. And we have this group where uh, if you read more than 50 books, and it has to include all this non-fiction leadership. You know, my students are reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad and stuff like that. That's
0: but an amazing they,
1: book to read at that age. Right, but they're up to it. And I have so many students that will read over 50 books and they get this na- their name on a plaque for the Platinum Club in our classroom and and I'll give them a book set and I'm going to thrift stores like every week to buy more books to give my students. I've bought over 2,000 books in the last three years because the kids want to be fed. They want to learn. They want to grow. And, and so... You know, I, I don't know if that has changed so much in the last 15 years, but, but we have amazing kids around today, for sure.
0: So those 2,000 books that you bought, if you don't mind me asking, were that from your personal budget?
1: <laughs> most of it, yeah. And my wife keeps telling me, you need to scale back on your book buying, and I agree with her. Uh, I've done some fundraising for that, and I probably should have done a lot more. Uh, and I do have a little bit of a, an expense account through the school. But yeah, most of them I bought myself.
0: I mean, that is honestly amazing though, because it's literally money out of your pocket and just investing it towards the the next generation where I feel like if some certain situations have changed in certain regulations, the the teachers need to be paid more and need to be more appreciated because it's not only just nine to five, but then you are growing the next generation. You are helping other people change their thinking. And that's, this is a funny expression. So in Albania, we say, uh-huh. when you're born, you're a piece of wood. And uh-huh. then you go to school, and then you go to college, and then you read and get educated, and then you turn into a great sculpt sculpture. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like you're helping them. And I, I know it's a, funny, it's a funny translation, but the idea of it. And, yeah,
1: no, I'm, I totally get it.
0: And you're helping them through all this, and I feel like, and special today's society, I've, and that's what I want to focus a little bit more because yes, the parents you know they are on the own devices on their on their phone, on their hand, but that's what's happening in the households too. Like sometimes I would babysit or when I used to babysit, like the kids would be literally on their phones. they don't know how to have a, a an interaction a communication. Like do you find that as a professor too that they they want that interaction once they have it and it's bonded for for a long time?
1: Yeah, you know, so when I was a professor, I'm in teacher education. So my students were people who wanted to be teachers. And because of that, they were very motivated in my classrooms. I didn't have to motivate them. They knew what they wanted to be when they grew up, right? And so they wanted to have discussions. They were the kids that raised their hand for every question and stuff. You know, those annoying kids that are in every class that are always raising their hands. That was all my students as a professor. That's me.
0: I have
1: a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah. and, and so in that world, you know, the engagement was there. Now, what did I observe generally from the other students at the school and stuff like that? Yeah, it's hard to get them to unplug. You know, they'd rather text you than talk to you. And so it is a challenge that teachers have today. Um, I don't have that. We don't allow um, devices in my fifth grade classroom. So I don't have to deal with that. You know, the funny thing, though, is this year I've had a real issue with um, watches, you know, smart watches. And kids have to turn it off or I take them away. And, you know, we don't have phones in our classroom, but those watches can sure be distracting. And so we have to deal with some of those distractions. But, you know, there's a lot of good that comes with that too.
0: Well, yeah, of course. I mean, the technology advancements, it is being done for a reason. But sometimes there are side effects that I feel like it needs to be more controlled, especially at a young age. Mm -hmm. But would would you say, though, that uh, like the kids – like, cause I feel like the more technology advances and I remember reading an article where it says kids nowadays have more anxiety and mm-hmm. they're like, they feel like they need to fulfill the society even more because expectations are higher, which is like, who is setting up the expectations is us. And it's us allowing other people. We're just stressing ourselves out. Right. Do you find, and it's only the fifth grade, but I mean, do you, do you see that being effective in our uh, fifth graders?
1: Oh, for sure. And, and you know, part of the problem with that is, you know, we had kids 20, 30 years ago with ADHD and anxiety and depression and, and all sorts of other things. But back then, one, most of it wasn't diagnosed. And so we didn't call it that. We just said they struggled in school or they had a hard time focusing or whatever. And today, I think we over-diagnose. We say, well, everybody has this. So we need to make special accommodations for everyone for every little thing and it does get to be tricky in the classroom because um as opposed to when I was a kid you know if if you really had something that was preventing you from learning it would set you apart and that was a horrible thing because you'd have to be pulled out of your class and go to special education or whatever today those lines are so blurred like kids are getting pulled out of class all the time for all sorts of reasons you know we have speech we have occupational therapy we have behavioral therapy we have all sorts of programs to help all students succeed which is amazing and it's not very disruptive because it's part of the culture now that's just how we do classes is we make accommodations for students now that being said Is there a greater amount of anxiety and depression and and lack of focus? I think so. Absolutely. I think that that's how we've trended for a long time. And I do think that is harder in the classroom today than it ever has been. And, And there's food allergies and there's all sorts of other issues too that have, you know, grown over time. But, you know, that's, I agree with you, teachers are maybe underappreciated, underpaid, but they have been good at adapting to those things, and I think teachers really are heroes. They're stepping up. They're they're taking care of the kids, and and there are a few bad apples out there, you know, with teachers. I think a lot of people view teachers as overpaid and overappreciated because there are bad teachers out there. And when you have a teacher who doesn't love your child, and I've experienced this with my own kids. Fortunately, most of my own kids have had amazing teachers, but I remember one teacher that my son had. And I knew she didn't love him and it affected him and he did not learn as much that year and he didn't grow. And the issues that he has personally, he struggled with that year. And then the next year he had a teacher that loved him and he blossomed and he took off and he's above grade level and everything. And a teacher can make a difference for sure. And that's why I'm in this field. I I love being able to work with kids and making a difference.
0: Okay. So I wanted to go back to a little bit where you mentioned about the blurred lines, because Uh um, I feel like, that's true, though. Sometimes you underdiagnose uh, and sometimes you overdiagnose. Mm-hmm. And being all, currently I'm in my late 20s and I do have friends or I, you know, family that on their 20s, or on their 30s, uh, they have kids. But because of they're on their phone all the time, their social media, I feel like they're not paying as much attention to their kids. So instead of actually focusing and giving them encouragement, I feel like they're just like, oh, you have ADHD or mm-hmm. oh, you have this. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong.
1: No, I I totally have seen that. And I I think that we overdiagnose because we want to help. I think we live in a cool world where, you know, people want to be accommodating. They want to make every opportunity available to people. But I also think we live in a world where we have helicopter parents and parents that are too busy to spend time with their kids. And it's easier to say, give them medicine or give them a therapist. And rather than spending that quality time with kids we're diagnosing it so we can make it someone else's problem. And I've totally seen that with parents um, of my own students and, and just in the community at large, like it's, it's a societal thing. And I, you know, you can't blame any one group or any one person, but I think absolutely that's happening.
0: And that's kind of sad though, because the kid can have so much potential, but even any medication that might give you a side effect. I mean, it might just, make you feel like oh I need this when you actually don't need it and you can do so much better than anybody ever told you you might just need all you you just needed just a little faith and a little push
1: yeah
0: oh my goodness well okay so you love books and you love writing you even got your daughter to like your daughter at 10 years old she wrote a book that's amazing
1: yeah it is and she's a a remarkable girl it's amazing that she did that
0: (laughs) so tell me a little bit about your passion where you do reviews online and you get stuff (laughs) and you even wrote a book about this get free stuff online uh, get stuff online um, book so tell me a little bit about like how does the process works
1: yeah so when we moved we moved across the country three years ago and at first I didn't, I, the job that I thought I was going to get at the university, it didn't work out. And so right at the beginning, I was unemployed and, you know, we were trying to get into a house and things just weren't working out the way we planned. Um, you know, I, I had already been in my dream job and things were going so well and I was kind of used to that. And so when things didn't go well, it, it really kind of threw me off for a bit. Um, and so we'd been of in this weird state for a few months and christmas was coming up and i didn't have really cool things to give to my kids and i you know as a man i want to provide and i you know i want to make sure that they have all the things that they don't feel different from their friends and don't feel poor and stuff like that and i didn't want to you know take out debt or anything like that for for christmas but my little brother he had been doing reviews uh, of different products and he would always tell me about it he's like you need to do this it's so great and he um over that christmas period he had been reviewing those hoverboards that you kind of they're like scooters and you stand on and you know you move forward with it or whatever and he had reviewed those online and they gave it to him for free so he got to keep this hoverboard and then they gave him an affiliate code so everyone that they sold through his link he got like 50 bucks and he made like a few thousand dollars over christmas and got all these cool toys and so that was kind of the thing that's Got me thinking, okay, I need to do something to take care of my kids. And even though I've never wanted to do this in the past, I might as well at least give it a try. So I went online and I found a company that pairs up influencers with um, brands. And I had no brand. Um, So I just invented one. I called it Reviews of Cool Stuff. And I threw up a website and I created all my social media accounts. And I had zero followers. But then I just went crazy and I followed everyone in the universe and hoped they would follow me back. And within two months i had like fifteen thousand twitter followers and uh like five or six thousand instagram followers and they started sending me stuff and so i'd get these things through the mail and honestly it felt like christmas every day so at the beginning i did get a few things before christmas so i had like some ski goggles for my son and a belt n- nothing too fancy um but within a few months i was getting packages in the mail every day and so the kids would get home, we'd open up all our boxes and I knew what was in them, but they didn't. And so it'd be like a remote control car or a skateboard or a ukulele or, you know, all these really cool things. And so I would review them. And at first I didn't get paid, but as my following grew, um, I started getting paid to post on Instagram or to make a YouTube video and stuff like that. And that first year I did it, I reviewed over 350 products. So I mean a lot more, about one a day. So yeah, that that's about one career. a day. And when I added it up at the end of the year, I got paid about $1,000 to do the reviews. And then the merchandise's value was worth somewhere between five and 10 grand. And so, you know, we got all this cool stuff. It increased our our quality of living because anything we needed for the house, I'd just review it and then we'd have it. And then we had so much stuff, I didn't know what to do with So we started giving it away for birthday presents, wedding presents. We invented holidays so we could just give people presents. And as a school teacher, then I started uh, having auctions in my classroom and I'd bring in the skateboards and the backpacks and the earphones and things like that. And my students would save up their, I call it honey money for our classroom. So it's Mr. C's B's and they have their honey money. And they, if they had good behavior, they'd get paid and they'd have jobs and stuff. And they started, you know, being able to win these things at auction, they'd have to outbid their classmates. And we'd talk about how to manage your money and invest and and things like that. And so that's how I use most of my product reviews now. I don't do as much reviewing. It just, it never took a ton of time. It would just be a few hours every weekend. But now for me, it's like a few hours every month. I just don't do it as much because I have so much stuff. I just need to get rid of it not get more stuff. So, but it, it was a cool experience. So I did write a book about it um, just because I'd been keeping track of what I was learning anyways. And it's called how to get free stuff with online product reviews. And it's just a little book. It's on Amazon. If you want to put the link in the show notes, you can, but um, I mostly just wrote it because people kept asking me, how do you get all this stuff? And, and so I haven't marketed the book or tried to make money off it. I just wrote it because I, I got sick of telling people how I did it. So it was easier to write it down. So that's how that book came to be. It's nothing special, but the book is good. And I had other influencers contribute and talk about their experience. So I reached out to other influencers in different spaces. And so there's some real value in the book. If you want to get started, it's a lot easier than I thought it'd be. And it's been a lot more beneficial than I thought it'd be. So it's been cool.
0: That's awesome. That is awesome. So you pulled up Christmas gifts and then you furnished the house. So I got a little, little stuff and then you invented a holiday to just to give stuff away. And now you're using for the little minions. That's cool.
1: Yeah, I call kids little
0: minions because that's what I, they're just adorable. That's, what they
1: are. <laughs> yep.
0: that's awesome though. So I feel like from getting to like talk to you, I feel like you just have an idea, you take action and you just go for it and just go for it. And then you get like, you, you don't like you don't stop. You just like you just go for it. It's like whatever I'm gonna achieve it. I'm just gonna do it. Is it yeah. something you've always done in your whole life?
1: Yeah. Well, and there's good and bad to that. So there's a little bit of the shiny object or squirrel syndrome where anytime I have an idea, I want to do it. So I'm doing too many things, and maybe the focus isn't always there. Um, right this year, it's been public speaking. I really dove into public speaking, and uh, I'm doing a high school assembly this week, and. I've had other opportunities, and that's been really fun, but some of these other projects on the side have had to take the back burner, and, and, you know, if I just picked one or two of them, I'd probably be way more successful and, you know, have bestsellers or whatever, have this huge YouTube following, and I don't, you know. I Mostly, it's for my own gratification. It keeps me busy. These are productive hobbies that help my family have a better life, um, but I'm not getting rich off any of this stuff. It's just making my life better, which... I'm fine with, Um, so there's good and bad with taking action, you know, obviously you want to take action and you want to be proactive, but you can also be probably a little more strategic about it than I have been.
0: But I like how you say that, like, I'm not doing this just for a following, I'm doing this just for myself, it makes me happy and my family happy. I think that's very important because a lot of people, I feel like, do stuff to impress other people. And they don't really look at, like, what do I like? What do I want to do? You know?
1: Yeah. Well, and I'm fortunate. I don't need to do that. And if you knew my wife and my kids, you'd know why. Like, I have everything that I could ever need. So, you know, as long as they're happy, I'm happy. We have a really good life together.
0: That's awesome. I I love this interview. I just have to say, like, I want to do, like, I want to actually follow up with you, like, a year from now and see what else have you done. (laughs) <laughs> because i'm sure you're gonna be really great at speaking like just like sharing your story i feel like i would just i should just jump in and just do whatever like it's in my head just take some action because i'm
1: because
0: i'm the person that i'll have an idea but i'll bounce between multiple ideas and i'll lose focus right um instead of just focusing on one, so maybe i should explore all of them the same you know the same intensity and see which one works better
1: Yeah. Well, and I wish I could give better advice in that area because, you know, you do what works for you. So, um, but you're taking action. You have this awesome podcast and you're doing some great things. So just keep it up.
0: Thank you. (laughs) I try. (laughs) Well, um, before we do jump to the final question, which Mm -hmm. we all know what the final question is, if any of my awesome subscribers and my awesome audience out there wants to get a hold of you and reach out, where can they find you?
1: You know, I have so many different social profiles and different things for all the different things I've done. It's probably easiest just to go to TylerChristensen.com. So it's T-Y-L-E-R. Christensen is C-H-R-I-S-T-E-N-S-E-N. And that's where you'll find me. If you Google me, there's lots of Tyler Christensen's in the world. So you probably won't find me. But if you go to TylerChristensen.com, I link to all my stuff there.
0: Awesome. And I know the book is supposed to, the goal is for 2019. Do we have a release date yet?
1: Thanksgiving. Yeah. So just next month, um, you know, I'm grateful for the journey that I've been able to go on. So we're releasing it on Thanksgiving to say thanks.
0: Absolutely. I, I actually want to read that because I'm going to start this. Here you go, guys. I'm going to spill the beans. I'm going to start this new app, new kind of episode that I'm just going to do reviews on books that I have read and books that I've enjoyed. So I do, I would like to read that too. And absolutely. Cool. Why I'll not? send you
1: one over. No problem.
0: Sounds like a deal. And then my very last question, as we all know, what is your definition of success?
1: You know, I, I like this question. When I first started listening to your podcast, I actually hated the question because I didn't know what my answer was. And so as other people answered, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but as I listened to a bunch of episodes, I think I've come to, for me, success means going to bed at night, looking forward to the next day. If I'm going to bed at night and I'm anxious about things or I feel unsettled or if I'm feeling guilty then I'm not having success. But if I can go to sleep, looking forward to waking up 4.30 the next morning, then I'm having success in my life.
0: I like that. And everybody has different answers towards this question. And that's why I'm always intrigued what people would say. Yeah, I, I like that. Thank you for sharing that for me, with me. And for all of my listeners out there, if you do want to listen to awesome episodes, just like this one, make sure to tune in every Tuesday. Like I said multiple times, we do have different platforms. iTunes, Spotify, Stitchers, YouTube, iHeartRadio, Podbean, as well as www.rmpodcastfl.com. I hope you guys have a great and amazing day. Thank you for tuning in.